Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking about something called diesel punk. Punk. Diesel punk? Diesel punk. Like the gas diesel. Okay. Instead of steampunk. Instead of steampunk. It's an offshoot of steampunk is basically what it is. But with gas instead of water. Diesel. I'm sorry. Diesel instead yes. of water. I don't know what diesel, why diesel is different from gas. I guess it gives you a different... A more grittier feel? Yeah, maybe. Dirtier? I've never touched diesel or gasoline, so actually with my fingers, unless it accidentally spilled. Well, uh, diesel's really oily. Okay, see, I've never touched that, so yeah. that's I took gross. a diesel diesel bath once, so it's not pretty. Ew. I, somebody had left a pump on, and when I, when I turned it on, it got all over me. Ew. Yeah, I had to go home and take a shower. Ah, uh, yeah. Anyway, so diesel punk so it's an offshoot of steampunk there is a few games that use that kind of a term two games that we're looking at today is one is called carbon gray and the other one is called the age of steel age of steel the age of men is over (laughs) the age of the orc is here yeah so carbon gray was kickstarted in 2021 it is based on a comic book now graphic novel which i guess came out in 2011 which i didn't know it was that old the book is written by i don't know his last his first name but uh, andrew i think gaska he's the one who wrote alien so he's also written a couple other rpgs he's done a pretty good job of converting aliens to a playable game he also did terminator oh wow i haven't seen terminator or looked at it he's a new but very uh, successful a game author. The other one is available on Drive Through RPG. I think it's been around since 2018, I believe. Um, Age of Steel, and it is I think available on PDF, print on demand. It is slightly different. Uh, they're both slightly different, right? They're they're both don't play take place on Earth, but in a very Earth-like setting. An alternate history. I would say alternate history, alternate world, alternate dimension. Yes. I think Carbon Gray does put, take place on Earth, but it's a different... An alternate history. Right, uh, yeah. And the other one takes place on a planet called Neris, but very, very Earth-like. I don't know where I, I came across Carbon Gray in my uh, hunting of uh, RPGs. I've always wanted to play or run a steampunk game. Steampunk? Yeah. And playing them, obviously, because anything I'm willing to run... I'm really, really interested in playing. My brother ran a Victoriana steampunk game. Which was a lot of fun. Which was a lot of fun. Uh, we played online. Uh, my brother lives in uh, Washington State, two states away. And uh, we played online. And it was really, really cool. I really liked it. I, I thought it was really well done. I think it was a pre-written adventure. Uh, and it was, he did a really good job. And I really liked it. Unfortunately, we haven't played that game again. I actually own Victoriana. I don't, I don't know what edition. I think it's up to third edition, and uh, it is a dice pool system. You have a D six dice pool system, and you just add your skill and your attribute, and that's how many D sixes you roll. And you're looking for successes, and I'm not sure if it's a five or six is it success or only sixes. I think it's five or six is a success, and you're looking for how many successes you have. The more, the better, obviously. And that's how it is. It's a really simple system. I really like it. And uh, we had a lot of fun playing it. So Carbon Gray, 
uh, again, I was in my hunt for a steampunk game, and I came across Diesel Punk. So it was, it's a little different. It, it uh, I think uh, steampunk traditionally is uh, Victorian era, kind of like the late eighteen hundreds to the early nineteen hundreds. Doctor Who took it all the way up to. I mean, it's an alternate history. It went all the way up to. Uh, well, in Doctor Who, it was an alternate. Yeah. Dimension. <laughs> Or universe, but it went all the way up to uh, World War Two, where they had the zeppelins flying through the sky. In World War Two, yeah. Oh wow! Well, there you go. They each have their own history, of course, of how things are or how they came to be. And Carmen Gray, it starts with a little bit of fantastic. There is a a comet or a meteorite that hits a shepherd, and it gets lodged in his body, in his heart, and it gives him like godlike powers, and he. Uh, he's a shepherd, and I think he's a boy, actually, and he saves the Kaiser in in middle Europa. He saves the Kaiser, he becomes the Kaiser's bodyguard, and it's a whole thing. And then with his help, he's able to, like, make a large empire. And uh, time rolls on. I think they they say it goes into the 20th century. Shepherd has three daughters, and they have some of his power, but not all. They go around kicking butt, right? Wherever they go, they're like a whole army to themselves. Cause Are they like battle mages? Yeah, they're called the Gray Sisters. The I don't know what like Gray, but maybe the shepherd boy was Gray or... I don't know, but they're called the Gray Sisters. And he, the Kaiser uses them to full extent, I think, to conquer and kick butt. And then, of course, you know, people get tired of this empire and they, they get some autonomy and then the Kaiser tries to reinsert his power and they rebel and there's a great war. And it's like World War One. There's trenches all around Europe, and war is happening. And this is where the gameplay starts. And um, what kind of system is it? It's a D6. I was reading that it's West End Games, right. and it's the D6. The D6, the same system that powers Star Wars. Star Wars. D6 is the same. Is this system? Uh, it's made by Magnetic Press. It's a relatively new company. I've never really heard of it. They produced some other games and stuff, but this was like was their big Kickstarter. Like I said, it's based on a comic book, and you can get the graphic novel is available. And the thing about this game, because it's based on the comic book, and because they use the artist, the art is really cool. That's what really captured my my attention. Uh, I didn't I didn't see it before the Kickstarter. If, if I did, I probably would have been all over this one. Magnetic Press now sells the book and and accessories on their website. And I think it's just really cool. One of the things, like I said, is the art is really, really, really cool. They have full-page art every once in a while on in their rule book. They did put out a quick start document on PDF. And it's really cool. It's like 60-something pages. It has the rules. It explains the rules. It gives you a little bit of the background. Uh, it doesn't tell you how to make a character because it's a quick start. Most quick starts will not tell you how to make a character. You have to buy the core book. But it also gives you uh, pre-generated characters, and it gives you an adventure at the very end of this quick start rules. And it's a pretty cool adventure. I mean, it's a good 10 pages long. It has maps. Overall, it's a pretty good quick start PDF. Now, I've never played the Star Wars D6. It was by West End Games. 
it went bankrupt a number of times and was bought out by different companies. And then the last company that bought it was Nocturne Media, which is Stuart Wick's company, who was in charge of uh, Vampire, the Masquerade. That Stuart Wick. Unfortunately, he passed away around 2018, uh, 2016. I forget when he passed, 2017. And, but his brother and his wife took over the business and are in charge of it. The reason I know this because at the time he was doing a Kickstarter for Aquilare, which is a, uh, a Spanish medieval era game about witches and devils and stuff like that. And his brother and his wife stepped in and finished the Kickstarter and actually put the book out and did what they had to do to honor that Kickstarter, which I thought was unbelievably uh, amazing because I really thought that once the creator had passed away, there was no chance that we were going to see that book, but they actually did everything they could to get that done. So I thought it was pretty cool. So they're the ones that own, they own Western Games material which is like star wars and stuff and uh, they're the ones that put out the 30th anniversary of star wars anyway so this is the first game that i've seen that uses the d6 that d6 uh, rules rules and one of the things about the d6 rules is that it was really super easy super fun to play and uh, they said that there was problems with it because you could you could uh get to the point where you could break the rules because of the the way the rules were written so Magnetic Press uses that D6 system, tweaks a little bit, changes it. They didn't change it too much. No, not, and not too much. That was another thing is that they didn't change it too much. And I think that what they did too is, which we we talked about in OSR uh, episode, is that they people re, you know people who played the Star Wars uh, game, they said that sometimes the explanations weren't very clear and you could not... S- understand exactly what they were trying to say but this carbon gray edition this carbon gray set of rules is super clear it's there's no there's not a lot of doubt of what they're trying to explain and i think that's interesting because that's what osr does they go back and they kind of clear up rules and they explain them but this little, is this uh, is not an osr game this is not an osr game but i'm saying this is a d6 game but they did exactly what osr community does for for original D&D and old D&D is to uh, clean up the rules and present them in a better way and explain them in a, in a better way, which I thought was really cool. And it just did some minor tweaks to the system. There was a electrical and mechanical uh, attribute, which they just kind of double, they just kind of made, made it to one. Mm-hmm. Another thing is that all the, all the attributes have six skills attached to the attribute. I thought it was five. Six. Okay. It's six skills, uh, uh, attached to the attribute, which I guess in previous edition of the D6, in the Star Wars one, for example, strength only had two skills attributed to it. And so it wasn't as valuable in the skill, in skills as it would be like if you had dexterity or the other attributes that had five or six or seven skills attached to that at- attribute, which I think is, you know, just kind of balance things out a little bit better for people playing that game. So the setting is really cool. It's like this uh, world at war, and you have you have different types of themes to work out or to play in that in this system, right? Because it's a world at war, you have war as hell kind of a story, like your soldiers in the thick of war, and you role play that kind of a campaign. And then there's like 
intrigue of as far as like uh, why is the war happening so that you, instead of like the actual battle you can play like a spy trying to f- figure out you know information trying to come up with the uh, secrets yeah. of you know, yeah plans of the enemy secrets of the enemy and and help one side or the other i thought it was one it this and these themes are 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 explained in the in the quick start rules and uh, one is like the propaganda versus truth i think that's very interesting the idea that uh, that you can be involved in that kind of a campaign like a political campaign as to making the war palatable or fighting against that war however way you want to look at it i think it's really neat that they included these kind of things in the quick start rules uh they're uh they're just obviously there's you know you can't really use them in the quick start rule because there's only one adventure but they give you ideas of how you could use this set of rules to plan out a campaign and they you get to play different i mean the the what do they call them not templates, but the archetypes. the archetypes. archetypes. You can play different things like a master spy, oh, uh, huh. yeah. moonlighter, brash dogfighter. Dogfighter. Uh, That's like a fighter, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A royal operative, fervent revolutionary, <laughs> trench fighter. But those are some of the some of the ones that are in there. Well, that's pretty cool. I think even the description of the archetypes kind of give you ideas of how what kind of campaign you can run, right? Yeah. Like other games, it has the the lifestyle, right? So, you could be an aristocrat, or you could be a a, a trench soldier, oh, grunt, right? Yeah. A different, there's different classes, right. That you're playing, not classes as in RPG classes, but <laughs> how much money you have and that kind social of social economic, your social, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's really neat. I think that gives you uh, more than just a war game kind of feel that you can that you can play in. You know, because of course you could have that war as hell playing. In but the you trenches. could also do an intrigue game in right. the, like a political intrigue game. Yeah, exactly, and also spying, right? Yeah, there's a you come across a, a castle, and there's a, some, uh, whatever. Some and you could have aspects of of that, and all of the player characters could be different things, right? Right, right. And on a mission, a certain mission. Of course, yeah. This game reminded me the most of Weird War, right? Yes. The World War II yes. Weird War game. Right. Because it's not really in our reality, you you can have, you know, monsters and supernatural things happening other than the Grey Sisters and other than the, the Shepherd who got hit by the meteor. There could be other aspects or other things that can be affected by uh, this meteor that fell to Earth. Or it could be more than one meteor, right? Or something else. So I think there's quite a bit of playability and and uh, different things that you can play or different types of games you can play in this and with this rule set. Well, I was confused when when they said it was a D6 system. I was thinking it was a it was like Traveler where you use 2D6, but oh, no. Saul informed me that's not the case. It's a dice pool game. So, you take your like if you have the way that I saw it yesterday, you take the Attribute. Your dexterity attribute, which gives you three d three dice, right. and then whatever skill you're using under that, it gives you like one dice or two dice, right. and then you roll the dice pull. Right, and you add all the numbers together, and you're and you are, and then it tells you there's like difficulty levels. How how difficult is it? It's if if it's a five is very easy, right? A twenty five is very difficult, and a thirty is extremely difficult. Right, because so, you're just rolling the dice and you're adding up all the numbers. Yeah, and you're trying to get a, a hit a target number, 
which is like it's like on a ladder between five and thirty. So if you only have four d six and very difficult or extremely difficult is thirty, you're not going to make it because the highest you could get it would be twenty four. Yeah, correct. Unless there's some uh, bonuses for modifiers and yeah, right. Yeah. And they did talk about that. It gives you extra dice for uh, armor and stuff. There, there was a whole section on how armor stacks. Okay, yeah. But and so you get these extra dice to add to whatever your I guess the opposing role to to being hit. Yes, or to slough off damage. Right. Right. But also, the more armor you have, I guess the other person gets to roll. The there's other, they get an advantage or something. Mm, so okay. it was interesting. So I think it's really cool. I I really like the art. Like I said, uh, I think a lot of people who were interested in this game probably were attracted to the art. Well, maybe they read the comic. Or read the comic, right. Or a graphic novel. Yeah. And and like I said, because they have that kind of art to pull from and use from the comic book, and you have the artist, I'm sure the artist was the same artist that was used in the comic book. So I think it's really cool. I have not read the comic book. I have not read the actual graphic novel. So uh, I'll probably be looking into that pretty soon. So what's the diesel punk part of it? I mean, what's the diesel part? Well, I think the diesel is that it's, like you said, it's more gritty. It's less, steam is like cleaner, right? It's less, I don't know, I'm going to say natural, but not really. Because, uh, but where diesel is smoky and dirty. I mean, just think about, an, 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 let's say a giant, let's say a giant mech, like a like a mech warrior, like a, a giant tank on lakes. Now, if you have a diesel, I mean, you have a, a steampunk engine, or steam engine running that, it's just going to shoot out steam. It's going to be whistling, whatever. But if diesel, it's going to be black. There's going to be, you know, how diesels are, or old diesels, or even new diesels now. They spit out choking black smoke, though it's supposed to be better for the environment than gasoline burning vehicles. So it's going to it's gonna be spewing out smoke. It's burning diesel, which, you know, is probably dirtier than steam i'm guessing so maybe it's just, maybe it's more the time period or the idea of, of the victorian age versus the early 1900s yeah, i guess you're right too there's that the early early 19th century or 20th century like the 1920s 30s kind of era right because that's when gasoline is really starting gasoline engines are starting to be introduced in the united states at least and taking over from steam it's kind of a dystopian kind of world, though, too. Oh, definitely, definitely. So, of course, there's if not, if it was a utopian world, then there's there's no. One of the cool things in the um, the quick start guide, yeah, is they have the little character sheets look like um, World War One registration. Oh yeah, cards. they were pretty cool. Like, you know, like for the army or whatever. Right, right, and there's only like uh, I think there's five characters. Yeah, something yeah. like that. So, and. Uh, yeah, and they're like half a sheet, so mm-hmm. there's not a lot of stuff on them. And I think that that really lends to how simple the system is. Yep. So we also looked at this other game called Age of Steel, right? Because it calls itself St- Diesel, Diesel Punk, Punk also. And it is, much like uh, Carbon Gray, it it is takes place in the 1920s or 30s. 1920s and 30s, yeah. Right after the Great War, I guess, or is it during the war? It's it is a world recovering from the first global war, a right. world in the twilight years of exploration <laughs> and adventure. It says. Yeah, and I think they they really 
hone in on the diesel funk more than I think Carmen Gray is. It says uh, the heroes have to be hard as steel. Uh, makes go. sense. Makes sense. And and uh, I think uh, they're, they're the ones that actually mentioned mechs. Now, there's no mech mentioned in Carbon Gray, but in this one, people have mechs, that, and it yeah, it basically is uh, something that is used in everyday life from from a battle mech to a loader. Like you would have, like in uh, Aliens, the loader, yeah. instead of us, but you're you're riding inside this big, huge machine that's powered by diesel. Yeah, and theirs is also a a D six system. Yes, you see a see a trend here, which I thought was interesting. But they try to do a classless system. Yes. yes. Um, which I don't totally understand what that means. Classless means there's no archetype, there's no templates. You just make a character and your skills, kind of like GURPS. Okay. Or you just make a character. Um, the stats, all the characters in the Age of Steel have three st- stats which describe their innate physical, mental, and social abilities. Keep it simple, yeah. Um, and then the skills, any character in the Age of Steel can make a check against any skill. They don't need to possess a skill to attempt to use it. However, characters who are trained in the skill will find it much easier to succeed. I found that in... Most of the games that you play, you can always try it, but that one, especially like in um, Shadowrun, if you want to fire a gun and you only have a one die in that in that skill, it's going to be a really hard to fire that gun because you have to well, get a six. There's always the attribute that, that you can fall back on, right? Is that how it works in Shadowrun? Jeez, I can't believe that. Yeah, you rolled these sixes, right? Yeah. Yeah. I know that Kathy could only roll one d6 for her gun because she had no skills or, or um, she had no skill and just actually one. At, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that sucks. So shooting. Yeah, or maybe it was two. I think it was a little bit more than one, <laughs> but still not very good. People they call some they have something called knacks. Some people are innately better in a particular skill than others. Ah, um, uh, yes, kind of like feats. I think every character in this Age of Steel game gets three knacks. Um, these are attached to three separate skills and represent the fact that those skills are where that character naturally excels. Wow. A character using that skill um, gets additional dice to their role. Makes sense. Yeah, I think uh, any time... And what that allows you to do is to make any character you want. That's why uh, people still like GURPS yeah. and other games like that where well, there's no character class. Uh, travelers like that. Yeah. Right? If you were able if to you pick manage your... to get your character out alive, <laughs> and you can make, actually pick your skills, right? Yeah. So what that what that gives you is the total control as to what what your character's like, right? If you want a mechanic that can that's a good roller, or you want a mechanic that can swing a sword, that's cool. If you want a fighter uh, that's really good with pistols. You know, it, you can make any character you want. I really like those kind of systems that give you free reign as to make any kind of character you want. Uh, and there's no character class to get in your way. Okay. <laughs> and they also have something called Moxie, which I'm going to Moxie. say is like hope and yeah. um, the, I want to say the Lord of the Rings, yeah. but that's not right. Oh, yeah. The, the One Ring. Yeah. So, but you only have a little bit of it. It's like pure luck, or it's like luck in in COC. I think I think what it is, it's like that, uh, like plot points, it's yeah, Benny's and all that yeah. stuff in Savage Worlds, uh, where you give that the character 
the ability to save their bacon if they actually absolutely have to uh, do that. You can spend Moxie to. And I don't know about the other game, Carbon, Carbon. What was it? Gray. Carbon Gray. Because this one actually talks about submachine guns, pump action shotguns, weird science ray guns, rocket packs. Right. Diesel powered personal mech. Um, they're all available to the players yes. and they have rules for crafting your own gear. And so that's interesting. That's, yeah. that's more of a, that, that gives me the, the steampunk kind of feel, but it's, it's powered oh, yeah. by diesel, right? Right. Creating your own stuff. Definitely. Yeah. It's that yeah. steampunk, uh, what do you call it? The tinkering type of, type of thing. Yeah. I think that definitely does fit that kind of system. Now, Carbon Gray does not mention anything about making your own stuff, about tinkering. Uh, it doesn't talk about ray guns. It does have a, a small weapon section. But like I said, it's only a quick start guide, and what you're looking at is the is the actual rules, the whole rules for that, that game, which is, what, 128 pages? Something like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm not actually looking at the whole rules for that game. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Saul is confused. He has that pulled up. I don't have the whole. Yeah, rules. that that uh, where Carbon Gray is available on their website, Magnetic Press. Uh, Age of Steel is only available on uh, Drive Through RPG. Isn't Carbon Gray available on on Drive Through RPG too? Uh, probably the PDF is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I think they print their own books. Oh, okay. And uh, you could get a, a uh, print on demand book for Age of Steel. So, yeah. yeah, if you wanted to, uh, I think uh, I think there was a the, it's only available on soft cover because the hard cover. Are we talking a, about Age of Steel? Age of Steel. Okay. Yeah, because I think uh, I don't know something happened with the way they set it up, and uh, it's only available on soft cover. So some people really like hardbacks. I mean, soft covers. They I can attest to that. <laughs> as well, they a, last a little bit longer. As I look at bookcases full of hardback books. <laughs> They're a little sturdier. They last longer. Uh, I have plenty of softcore books. So they have all kinds of, they have at least four books that I can see available on drive-thru RPG for Age of Steel. Yeah, two of them are adventures. One is a player's guide and the other one is, I forgot what the The core rule book, an adventure, an adventure, and the adventurer's handbook supplement. Adventure's handbook. Yeah. So uh, this is, this uh, Age of Steel is by probably a one-man show. You know, he's on a, he's publishing his own material probably. Obviously has uh, other things. He's creating other things. What I'm looking at, it doesn't tell me that. Well, well I read the comments oh, in, the, okay. in the drive-thru RPG. People were ask, asking questions as to why there wasn't a hardback, and he explained that. That's why I know about the hardback. And he, somebody wanted adventures and uh, more adventures because the person said that he only has 10 to 12 hours of uh, adventure downtime, time of downtime oh. and six hours of that is uh is playing time and so he doesn't have time to write his own adventure so he wanted more adventures uh <laughs> you know that he could he could use to run a campaign and he only has those two books so in this in in both of these games there are no zeppelins right is that the thing oh no i'm sure there is yeah no it talks about zeppelins in in uh uh, carbon gray carbon gray yeah okay so so it could be steampunky or diesel punky i guess if you want to call it that these games obviously are called that but i was just thinking the first one carbon gray seemed more like a 
because it because it was a meteorite that hit the earth yeah but it was a tiny one that hit the guy in the chest so that seems like more and obviously that seems comic book to me right oh yeah so it seems more maybe weird warish to me (laughs) you know because different things are happening right and but they put it as he if he helps the the kaiser then or then that's more like a world war one game to me it is world war one yeah and that's the one the conflict starts coming in is that with the advent of of other sciences and other things uh other nations start looking at this empire and saying well we don't want to be part of the empire anymore and then uh, the kaiser himself who's still alive miraculously yes exactly tries to reassert his power over the empire and that which causes the great war so they both take place in Early 20th century. Yes. Yes, I, I, I misread that. So when he says the Kaiser was the first Kaiser, which must have been, who knows when that was, in the 1800s? Who knows? Well, it's also not in the you real world. You look it up. <laughs> it's, it doesn't... It's not in the real world. So so they both take place in the early 20th century. Yes, the right. 1920s. 1920s. And so when you look at uh, that kind of time period... And you can always fudge things of, of uh, things a bit because they don't take place in the real world, which I think is pretty interesting, and gives you a lot of leeway as a uh, as a GM. Because if you place it in the real world, people can go, "Well, actually, this didn't happen." Well, because it's an alternate reality or on a different planet, you don't have to stick strict rules to as to things that happened in history. I like the idea that it's like steampunk, but. It's a little bit different, right? It's a little more gritty. I think grittier is a good a good uh, description of how it differs from straight steampunk. Because we did do a steampunk uh, uh, episode back in 1991, episode 91, or episode, it was the first 100 episodes. Anyway. And uh, we talked about Victoriana, we talked about those, and they were very Victorian-era age of of steam kind of uh games right throwing a little myth a little bit of weirdness and stuff like that but this one is definitely you advance the timeline just a little bit and you're in this great war war as hell kind of era and also instead of fear steam it's diesel where you're starting to get this choking smoking engines that make a lot of pollution and stuff like that so i think you're right it's a very gritty, uh, meaner <laughs> world. More dystopian. More dystopian than steampunk. Which know, I think uh, World War One time could be considered dystopian with all the trenches and gas and and stuff like that. That was oh, definitely, definitely. I can't even imagine living. It was the first war that was different from other wars, right? Because the, the world machine war. gun yeah. and gas. There were all kinds of different, yeah. Poison gas. Yeah. Machine guns, tanks. Yeah. And then airplanes, that even though yes. they were very limited use. Yes. Uh, also, they use Zeppelins in, in World War One. I. I find it very cool. <laughs> I like the idea of being able to play a fighter pilot, a fighter, a fighter pilot, a, a dog fighter pilot, right? <laughs> I see Snoopy up there, and I'm like, the oh. Red Baron. <laughs> so I think both of these games attack the era a little differently. A little bit differently, yeah. Right, and. Uh, I think either one would be fun to play though, because one you could be like on a on a mission to, and you have like a a, a fighter with you. Maybe one you have maybe a couple grunts or whatever, right. and you're the person in charge, or or you're one of the grunts following the person in charge and trying to keep them safe because you think they're going to get killed. 
Or like you could be a spy yeah. and the, the grunts are with you, the soldiers are with That's what I meant, a spy, yeah. one of the, the people that... Or a dignitary. You don't or, know exactly what they are, yeah, right? You're just on a mission. And the other one seems pretty cool too because you could have mech stuff with you. Yeah, you could be the pilot of mech and stuff. Or you can have little, you can have little things. That, and it's uh, pre-war, right? Rocket oh, pack? No, it's it's, it's post-war. post-war. But you know, another war is just around the corner. Yeah, theoretically. Yes, you're on the brink of a devastating conflict. Another b- devastating conflict. Right? Because I don't, I don't. When did World War Two start? I don't know. Just a oh, little bit after World War One ended. <laughs> no, World War One. I, I, I'm I, just saying. Yeah, but I think in the, in that sense, it's very. Uh, very interesting time period to play. So it gives you all kinds of things to play. Either one of them. Either one of those games. Right. And the D6 system looks pretty interesting. Both of them. You're not really putting... It's not like where you, you take your attribute and your... I guess you do. Yeah. Attribute and skill. Yeah, it's I just know. the way that they... The way that it looked to me was a but little... But instead different. of like D&D... Oh, not D&D. <laughs> instead of like Shadowrun or Tales from the Loop... You're not looking for a six or fives or sixes. You're, you're adding, all, adding the dice. all the dice. And the age of age of steel is the same way. You're adding up all the dice. I'm not sure how you do age of steel. I know it's it's a dice pool system. Yeah, I said it's a dice pool system, a D6 dice pool system. I don't think it has a quick start. The age of steel uses the dice pool system using a number of six sided D6 to resolve skill checks and combat damage. The system has been created. To be lightweight, easy to use, and to help capture the cinematic pulp feel of the setting. Yeah. So, a, a one complaint is that it's it's almost too easy or too simple. It's not crunchy enough for some people. Well, but that's just go play Shadowrun if you want crunchy. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think this would be cool. I like the easier systems where it's a little bit easier to yeah, resolve yeah, things. Yeah. And a little bit easier to a less less crunchy is is nice sometimes yes. for people. Especially if you're playing like a really pulpy setting. Yeah. You know, like you're not too worried about the details. Yeah. Kind of like. Uh, like Feng Shui. Feng Shui where you're. Exactly <laughs> that's not the say. best one. Yes. You, you describe what's going to happen. And just roll dice to see if, 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 it, happens, if it manages or if something else happens. Or not so close. Yeah. And then you can describe as you fall down the building what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> so there you go. I think these are both very interesting systems. Saul says, I, I guess they're called diesel punk. Diesel punk. Which is a, a new term for me. I'd <laughs> be too. So that's pretty cool. If you're interested, if it sounds interesting, you can get the. I think the Quickstarter is free. Yeah, uh, the the yeah Quickstarter is free for Carbon Press for Carbon Gray for Carbon Gray. Carbon Gray and it'll pop up. And the other one, um, it looks like you can get it on Drive Through RPG, so it can't be that expensive, right? No, I think it's like ten bucks for so, the PDF. So that's pretty good. You could play either one of these and have a lot of fun. Yep. There you go. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And you have a good day.